You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome to the Too Many Men podcast. I'm Sarah Sivian from The Athletic, and along with my colleague Shana Goldman and Allison Lucan of the Seattle Kraken, we're here to talk about all levels of hockey and honestly just break down what's on our minds about pretty much anything. We also try to smile more, and Allison wants me to come up with some sort of transition that's wittier than come along for the ride, but you can come along for the ride. <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh, wait, wait. Do we, sorry, sorry, stop quick time and no, then start it no, again? No, no, no I'm just okay. going to edit the whole thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was a good question. It was. I'm thinking of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, go. Okay. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Too Many Men podcast. As always, this is Allison Lucan. I'm here with the effervescent and ready to rumble as round two begins, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you doing? Yeah, this face screams ready to rumble. I just need one day, so I'm grateful to the schedule makers that I have a few days. I will be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed eventually, but not today. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, in one of our first, although we've had a couple, back to a battle of too many men coming from a Rangers coverage background, the glorious, the inspiring, the crafty, creative, and all knowledgeable Shana Goldman. Shana, say hi. Hi. You just impressed me how you just keep whipping these intros out. I want to see us get to episode 100 and see what you have in your back pocket. <laughs> if we make it that far, who's to say? Who's to say? All right, my friends. Uh, we Last uh, episode yesterday, we did recap round one and took you through all eight series. Well, all seven. We'd already talked about the demise of Nashville. But it is a new day. Round two begins tonight, and there are four series that could be epic, that could fall on their face and leave us wanting for more. But as the hockey gets less and less, please take time to enjoy it. We're going to walk you through each series with our thoughts, our predictions, what we're hoping to see, what we're afraid of, anything that comes to mind, starting in the West, which interestingly may be the least compelling from an overall narrative perspective, And that is the Colorado Avalanche who swept Nashville. A lot of people's overriding favorite. They are my pick. I'm going to own that to win the cup. Colorado Avalanche will host the St. Louis Blues. Sarah, what are you going to watch for in this series? What questions do you have? What do you hope gets answered? Um, I want to know how far Kale McCarr can go. He was outstanding, as we all suspected in the first round, and I didn't even expect him to be that outstanding, and my hopes were high. So I'm looking forward to that. I am wondering what Peter Baugh is going to wear to commemorate St. Louis. Maybe a little, maybe he'll get into jazz. Who knows? Jaina? Um, I am looking to see how the Blues, if they can play to their strengths, is a better team that got than that got swept last year. And like I'm full disclosure, I picked the Avalanche as well. Um, but the thing with it is like the Wild did a good job to limit the Blues passing, which is a big reason why like public models underrate their expected goal generation. So I'm really curious if they can play to their strengths against Colorado. And it's it's really interesting to see the star power at every single position for Colorado against the really 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 good forward depth of St. Louis. So can that forward depth make up for their defense? That is super, 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 super suspect. Allison? Yeah, that's what I'm going to look for, too, is I'm going to look to see, first, how this defense can recover. I mean, they were suspect, and now they're broken. 
And so who's, <laughs> who's going to be able to come back? And also, I mean, low-key style, St. Louis is the only team really serving us a goaltender controversy, right? Still that's in, in the playoffs. So, um, you know, Bennington's not my guy. Not a guy that I'm necessarily rooting for, but he <laughs> is getting the wins right now. So it's going to be very interesting how they manage that because particularly with two goaltenders, it's not just about the hot hand. But if you are going to end up using both, you have to look at workload and how long it's been since they were off. We saw that bite Cam Talbot in the butt, in my opinion. So I'm going to be watching goaltending in the Blues net as well. But it, that, that firepower on St. Louis, they've just been so wicked all year. Um, but again, I, I still see Colorado as coming out quite, quite strong. So that's our boring series, only because it's the one that's not an official battle as far as we see. Don't tell Blues fans that. Don't tell Blues fans that. Yeah. That's true. Never underestimate the Blues, as we know, as, we, as they will all come. Listen, never say anything about the Blues on Twitter because, whew, here they come. <laughs> all right, there's one other playoff series in the West, and it is an interesting evolution. It is the Battle of Alberta. Calgary and Edmonton will go head-to-head. And for me, at least, this maybe isn't coming with as much fanfare as I would have thought it had if someone had said, oh, yeah, the Battle of Alberta, because I wasn't really impressed with either of these two teams on the whole, on their series, to get into round two. For me, Calgary looks like they're going to have a little bit more to prove. They might have a little bit more, forgive me, fire in their belly (laughs) to try and... (laughs) to try and say that they are deserving of being a championship contender just because of how, at least on the surface, that round one series against Dallas went. But Battle of Alberta, there is no shortage of narratives here, and they're all delicious. Sarah, Battle of Alberta, your picks, your thoughts, your questions, what you're watching for. Yeah, it's our new yeehaw of the second round. So (laughs) Rick from Red Deer is going to have a great time. I... I think the Oilers are going to win at this point. They got out of the first round. They kind of exercised their demons to a degree. They got Ben on their side. I just think they're going to finish it off right now. I'm not as impressed with Calgary as I thought I was going to be. That's my takeaway from the first round. And I know the Battle of Alberta is going to be heating up, and they will get it together and make it entertaining for us. But, yeah, they both went to seven. It's just kind of like dragging on so we haven't had much time to think about it Shayna yeah I think the thing for Edmonton I mean I'm sorry Calgary's like they're gonna go against a defensively weaker team than Dallas and they're not gonna face off against Jake Ottinger who was so stellar they're gonna get Mike Smith who if anybody can fuck up a series it's gonna be Mike Smith and there there were so many opportunities for him to do it in round one and you could see it's like he was dying to get out of that net and I love when a goalie can play the puck but there's something about the way Mike Smith does it it's too often it's too frequent you know he's gonna do it and you just you see how it can burn them and it's just it's really amazing to watch Mm -hmm. um but, yeah, it's going to be really interesting because the players that we expected to screw up, like at times Smith, at times Duncan Keith did screw up, and then we saw players like Connor McDavid be spectacular, and then Leon Dreisaitl's hurt. So that's a really interesting thing on Edmonton's side. And like you said, like Calgary was not where we expected them to be. Yes, they had a good defense to go through, but like they, it's like they hit their stride and then immediately fell out of it. And then it took them a while to hit them again. So game seven was like a good note for them to end on for sure. Their effort was there. But like, I want this to be that high-flying series. I don't care if there's no defense in it. I don't care if there's no goaltending. I want to be excited. And during the regular season, we watch the games and we were excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see, like, Goudreau and McDavid, two of the best at creating a transition. But, like, it needs to be taken up a notch from round one. This is a team that almost disappointed everybody because they were a favorite in every which way. And then it's like, 
But like like Jacob Markstrom said, I think he said like to Andre, you're fucking force. I don't see him saying that to Mike Smith after the series. And also, I was corrected by someone when I said yeehaw about Calgary. They're like, no, that's not what we say here. They say something. Maybe it's Yahoo. And I was just uh-huh. like, I'm not saying I'm not saying Yahoo. It's yeehaw. <laughs> it's yeehaw. This is the yeehaw Yahoo. series. So. The vibes no. are putrid. I'm done. You know, and I was just about to say something about how much I love Calgary because I really the hell do. And I thought that whole fan experience outside last night was great. But now I cannot. Yahoo. It's a search engine. It looks so cool outside. The vibes are great. Everyone's partying. Do you want to hear them all go Yahoo? Yahoo. I don't. No. I don't. No, you should lose over that. I'm sorry. Say Yeehaw bust. You host an actual stampede. You say Yeehaw. You don't say Yahoo. Yeehaw or bust. That's that's what this series is riding on. Say Yeehaw or go the fuck home. <laughs> All right. Well, this next series, as we move over to the east, is perhaps one of the most interesting. And I, you guys, I desperately hope that this lives up to the hype. We have the Battle of Florida finally in a meaningful way in the postseason. We've got Florida, the President's Cup winners, hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay just drove the dagger into Toronto, which we talked about yesterday. But Braden Point, we're unsure if he's going to be able to return a big part of that team. There are so many different parts that make each of these teams special, both tactically, talent-wise, and also mentally. Shayna, in a series that I just find so compelling, I can't wait to see what it tells us it's all about. Your thoughts? I really am going to be upset if we don't get to see Braden Point because I think he's one of the most exciting players in the league, and this wasn't even his best season. Um, you could look at him against Toronto. There were so many plays where he would come streaking down the ice with speed. Such an incredible skater, which, by the way, held his draft position back. You can fix that. Um, and and it just was dangerous, so that's a huge loss. I do like the idea of, like, Sorelli versus Barkov. I want to see where that goes because Sorelli was legitimately one of the best defensive centers in the league, and then you have Barkov, who's one of the best two-way centers. He was good in round one. He needs to be better, I think. Drew was very good in round one. Um, you need more from Huberto. You need more yeah. from Bennett. Uh, it's the Carter Verhage show. He was, a, you know, on the Lightning, and they let him go because I think they were worried about what his qualifying offer would be, and they kept Mitchell Stevens, who is not there anymore, and uh, Joseph, who is not there anymore either. So that's super interesting. Um, I'm watching for Florida's defense. I'm watching for Ben Sherratt, who's going to be on the top pair if things hold up because they had to split it up because Montour Sherratt was not working. Uh, we are Forsling. I think he's the pair to watch. They're going to be really good because I don't know how Ekblad's going to handle carrying along Sherratt, but I'm glad he's healthy for this series. Like, this is this is really exciting, and I hope Tampa has enough gas in the tank to make this a six- or seven-game series that we can't take our eyes off of and see what all the Florida men can do. Yeah, the Florida men. You really covered it all there, Shayna. Hats off to you. Um, I The Connor Verhage stuff is very, very interesting to me because he – you need a little bit of personal juice when it comes to these series, especially if you want to beat the Lightning. So I think that's going to be a key. And it, it's going to be interesting. I, you guys, I – I obviously have bias because I've watched Sergey Bobrovsky play well and poorly for many a year. What is your take on his level of play right now? I mean, of course they've won, and of course that matters, but there have been more than a few games where I've not been impressed. His numbers haven't been really great. Do we think Bob is going to be old playoff Bob, or are we evolving into a new playoff Bob, worthy of a championship? 
you need new playoff Bob at that price. That's where it goes for me. It's like people are criticizing Coke Miami because of the money, and that is accurate. Like, he's making too much money to not be great. Shana? Yeah. You can't blame a player for their cap hit because if a team offers it to them, damn right they should fucking accept yeah, it. Yeah. You should blame the team for spending it. But, like, with Bob, look at that uh, the game-time goal with Oshi. Where was he? If you do a freeze frame of it, he escape is the only thing in the picture. Like, <laughs> it's not that he was a disaster, but, like, he – the questions are going to be on him until he shuts everybody up and he still hasn't done that. He's been mm-hmm. fine. He's been average. But this series, he's going to have to be great because we know when it counts, Vasilevsky will be, and that's who he's going to be measured against. And Spencer Knight last year impressed in the last two games, and he was very good at the end of the regular season. But like you mentioned, like, he hasn't played in a while. And that's the thing. Do, do, you, do you put him back in? Do you do something to get him some game action at some point? Like, maybe if Bobrovsky gets pulled at all and they throw Spencer Knight in, good or bad, they can start within the next game because at least he got a little bit of game action in him. But, like, obviously they're hoping that their $10 million goalie can be their $10 million goalie. And I don't see him playing up to that price tag. Uh, but it'd be nice to see him steal a game. And, you know, particularly Shana and I more so, we're, you know, our, we're big numbers people. We're big data people. But, Sarah, you just mentioned this with Verhage. And, I mean, particularly in the playoffs – Emotion and mental factors play into winning a series. And even though the Battle of Alberta has all those historical tendrils and ideas and things that matter, I feel like there's so much more emotion in this series, both individually and at team levels. And even honestly, this whole, you know, establishing, continuing to establish, if you will, Florida as a state where hockey thrives, meaningful hockey thrives from a, from an emotional mental preparedness perspective how does the Lightning's experience, in all, in all seriousness, how does the Lightning's experience influence what they might be able to pull off here, Sarah? Well, our boys on the Dan LeBetard show, and check that one out if you missed it, said the Lightning are 18-0 and and like they haven't in follow-up games after they've lost. And that's the type of battle-tested mentality that really matters. Shane, I know we eschew emotion and mental narratives, but they do, in fact, influence games like this. How much does this play in for Tampa versus Florida? Both have a lot of motivation to win this series and keep going. The comeback cats have to be the comeback cats. Like, this is what it comes down to. Like, within games, they have it in them to take it up a gear if they're trailing in games. It doesn't matter. You know, they could be down 6-1 and they were able to make comebacks. And it wasn't just against bad teams like the Devils. Like, they did this against the Maple Leafs, too. Like, this is a team that knows what it takes within a game setting to come back. And they did that in the playoffs here against the Capitals, too. Not to the same degree. It wasn't as drastic with the score. You know, the games that they got blown out, they got blown out. But there were games they didn't score first, and they battled back. So it's that's like a stepping stone, I think. But now can you do it from game to game? Do you have it in you to, you know, battle back the very next the very next game? We know Tampa can do that. We know that that's a championship roster. And I think that the Panthers have to get through Tampa to make it all the way. Just as, you know, the Capitals had to get through the Penguins. It does work like that. That's like, it's, it's a thing about rivalries. But, like... I, I would hope they have it. I think a player like Claude Giroux has it, sure. You know, I think he knows what it takes. Ben Sherratt, last year in the playoffs, he played very meaningful minutes and knew what it took, too. And, you know, he battled against Tampa Bay in, in the cup final. So I do think that Florida has to show that they have that. Otherwise, it's going to keep being talked about. And they need to get over the hump that the Lightning learned how to get through. And Shana, you actually pointed out something before we started recording. Um, there's a unique wrinkle to the schedule in this series. Tell us what's that all, what that is all about. Yeah. So there's a concert, I forget which (laughs) arena, but there's a concert on Saturday night. And so that they should be playing Saturday, Monday to keep up the every other day thing. Cause every day it's going to be a Western team and Eastern team, which is good for timing. 
but instead they're going to be playing 1.30 on Sunday and then a back-to-back game at 7 p.m. Monday. So I guess it does work that they get the little bit of extra time. It's not 7 p.m., 7 p.m. But, like, that is, you know, that's that's tough. They're the only series that's getting a back-to-back, and normally we would see the schedule get really mashed up to, like, make everything click. And now everybody gets back-to-backs, but instead they're trying to keep everything on track, and then they go back to, you know, playing Wednesday after that. So that that's something right there. This is not an easy time of year to play through. This is round two. You've already been through it in round one, and it was game six and seven. And, I mean, the Lightning are already shorthanded, so that's going to be tough. And that's which games, Shana, do you have that offhand? Games two, um, three, three, four? Sorry, you hold. can... I have it like right here, so it's not hard. It's just it's not a matter hard. of clicking quickly enough. Okay, so it is games three and four. So this is Florida at Tampa Bay. So they Perfect. play Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, and then Wednesday. Amazing. Amazing. Well, that'll be something to watch. And, you know, we have seen that impact teams, particularly for teams who've played not just full series of hockey. I mean, Florida only went to six, but these are both teams that also played some overtime hockey in their playoff series. So. The bodies are feeling the work. Um, We'll see who can withstand this challenge. There's one final series. This is the one I might just be most joyous about experiencing because it's just going to be fun for me to poke the bear, even though I deal with two consummate professionals who ultimately are covering teams, not cheering for teams, but the teams they cover going up against each other. It is the Carolina Hurricanes hosting the New York Rangers. We talked in yesterday's episode about how outstanding Igor been in net and how not outstanding pretty much anything else has been except maybe Mika Zibanejad. Um, Carolina comes in with a team that's really been flirting with going towards a championship fight for a while. They are maturing into their window, it sure seems. Sarah, the battle of too many men. Your the, thoughts? It's your the battle questions? of too many men and it's Canton High School Cup. Um, I just found a picture of me and Rangers forward Kevin Rooney building a house together in Kentucky. We traveled to a van we traveled in a van to Kentucky from Boston in high school and we bonded. So I, I like to think that's where he got the strength to become a great Obviously. NHL forward. So Obviously. we'll be watching for him. Um, it just, yeah, money puck. I know they get like a little drastic with their predictions, but they have an 80.9% chance of the hurricanes advancing. And I have to say, I agree with them. I just think it's a great matchup for the Canes because they're shot heavy and they're stingy with what they allow. And is Freddie going to come back? I think he's going to come back in the middle of the series, but Ranta has proved very battle tested and that's his old team. So there's a little bit there. There's the battle of Greg McKegg, who I will write five features on. I love that guy. Shana, what do we think? Yeah, there's there's a lot of links here. There's Derek Step on. There's Brendan Smith. Yeah. There's Tony D'Angelo. There's Ronta. No. There's Jesper Foss. Like Fuck there's all a lot them. of links. This is the Greg yeah. McKeg bolt. <laughs> it's the Greg McKeg bolt. No, like I, it's it's tough here because like this is a much better five on five team and like the Rangers actually improved in the playoffs in some respects at five on five from the regular season, which was not very good. So you went from not very good to just not good. Um, but like. They have the goaltending, um, and this isn't a team for the Rangers, too. It's not like they don't allow sh- shots off the cycle or off off the rush. They, they allow a lot of both, and they just let Chester can handle it. So if he can handle it, which I would bet on him uh, to handle it, I don't care what happened in games three and four in round one. I would totally bet on him because, you know, he's the best goalie in the league right now. Um, the matchup for me that's super, super interesting is the special teams battle because you have the Rangers have a pretty good penalty kill, and now that they have, like, Andrew Kopp, he looks like he's healthy because he was hurt at the end of the regular season. And even more importantly, Tyler Mott out there. Like, 
that the Hurricanes don't have a great power play. So I think that they can really disrupt them. And then on the flip side of it, the Rangers have a lethal power play when it's working. And, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on Artemi Panarin, too, because their formation decides if he's in a passing position, which you know what he's going to do, or if he's in a shooting position and his shot besides the game winner has not been great. But you have the Hurricanes who do take a lot of penalties, but it's always worked for them because they can kill it off. They have the best power kill. So how do they disrupt the Rangers' power play is going to be, like, a really big question for for me because I do expect, like, we're seeing penalties actually be called. Maybe in round two things change, but they're actually being called right now. So can the Rangers figure out how to keep that power play clicking against the best penalty kill in the league when they already went up against a very good one in Pittsburgh? And, uh, yeah, like, it's it's, a lot of it's going to be goaltending. Can Chester can hide all the deficits the Rangers have? All right, well, let's go through this rapid fire. Your picks, Colorado, St. Louis. Who comes out, Sarah? Abs and five. Shayna. Abs. Are we giving numbers? If you want. If you want. Uh, I will say six. I'll give them a little bit more credit. I'll say abs and six. Interesting. I will say abs in five. Battle of Alberta. Sarah, your pick. Oilers in seven. Wow. Okay. with the Flames. Shayna. I'm going to say Flames in seven because of the dry saddle injury. Okay. I'm going to play, I'm going to say Flames in six because that's what I want to have happen. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to dream. <laughs> On the road in Edmonton, not with the fans saying Yahoo outside. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, no exactly. Yahoo. <laughs> Shayna, Battle of Florida. Flor- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Florida. I think the point injury, I think, they're, uh, I think the Panthers are going to do it. I don't know. I'm okay. feeling it, but they have to be better. Okay. I agree. Sarah? Panthers and seven. Uh, Panthers and seven. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I'll say I'll say six. If you go to seven, you're not beating the Lightning. Oh yeah. Same thing I said about Toronto. How do the Panthers affect the Leafs? All right, I'm gonna, with it. I'm also gonna say Florida and six because the super secret underlying ugly belly of that Toronto loss is that Toronto was actually the better team. Yeah. In yeah. all the underlying numbers, so I, I Tampa's, they've played a lot of hockey. They've got injuries. I don't know. And most importantly and finally, the battle of too many men. Sarah. Canes in five. Okay. Sarah. Canes in six. Okay. I'm going to go Canes in five. All right. We will keep Ooh. you all posted on how we fare in our predictions. Remember, Shana is the fantasy hockey writer of the year, so she's probably <laughs> going to be right and we're going to be wrong. Um, but we end every episode, of course, with our fuck, Mary kill. And this episode comes from our Twitter friends. Always feel free to tweet us nominations. Round one was flush with penalties, much to the derision of many a coach, many a player. Sidney Crosby was very upset on Sunday about how a penalty, in his opinion, impacted the final outcome of the series. So as we enter a new round of play, we are going to do a fuck, Mary kill for three types of penalties, and they are. Oh, this comes from our friend Archer for Canes on Twitter. Thank you, Archer for Canes. The three penalties, fuck, Mary kill, goalie interference, offsides, or puck over the glass. Sarah, go. What was the first one? Goalie <laughs> interference. Too much for me. Okay. Goalie interference, offsides, mm-hmm. puck over the glass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm killing offsides because it's... Eh, I'm marrying offsides because that actually should be a penalty and we all know what it is. It's very clear, mostly. I am fucking puck over the glass because it's one of those things that I guess it's easy. It, it's easy, easier than it looks. So 
my type. Um, I am killing goalie interference until we can all figure out what it is. And I think we've seen so many examples of it during this playoffs already where it's a toss up. But we saw that with the Bruins and the Canes where a similar goal was allowed, not allowed and then allowed. So I don't know what we're doing. And I think they just need to make the rule clearer. Like it, we don't have to do this. We don't have to fight all the time. If only you could make the rule clearer. Shayna, fuck, Mary kill, goalie interference, offsides, or puck over the glass? I will kill puck over the glass. Um, delay of game penalties, I think, are super frustrating, whether it's a bench minor or that. Um, and there are ways to exit without throwing it over the glass. I know sometimes it just happens and it's unlucky, but, like, boring. Kill it. Um, I will fuck offside because they're, like, I, you know, there's merit to it. But if, if it goes offside, it should not be called. And if it gets challenged and there's a penalty, I'm fine with that. Like, I really am. I think that it does help speed up the process a bit, and you can see coaches change their mindset about how to handle challenges now that everything gets the penalty, and we don't need to be sitting here with a microscope, like, for fucking 10 minutes figuring out if a puck did this, and where was this gate, and uh, it's too much. So there's merit to it, but it's just, it's not the most enjoyable, so I'll just fuck it. I don't, I don't want to commit to it. I will marry goalie interference and so my favorite line about goalie interference ever is what John Tortorella said thanks to the amazing Austin Lucan for collecting this quote for me back in the day when I did something on challenges and he said that you know goalie interference is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get out of it you know you never know what referee is going to say what I think there's legitimate merit to having a penalty for goalie interference I think there's legitimate merit to having a coach's challenge for goalie interference because if a goalie does get interfered with the goal should not count um the problem is sometimes defensemen just check players into their goalies. You need to stop doing that because your goalie is, you know, at the end of the day, who's making the stop. So unless you're getting behind him and helping him, like, stay out of the blue paint. Um, but we need to clarify the rules for sure. Like, there's, I, there's having human error. There's having, you know, a human aspect to it of them, like, deciding these plays. But there, there still needs to be a little bit more structure in the rules so there aren't so many controversial plays, like, in round one, I know the Kako goal was very contested, and I tweeted out a lot of these goal interference plays, and, like, that was what everyone kept coming back to me about and, like, complaining about. And obviously, my mentions are a little bit slanted towards the Rangers, but, like, you know, there is a point when there isn't any consistency in it and when there's so many people coming out with, like, their feet, like, cemented in, like, hey, this is not good, and then the answer goes elsewhere. So we want to work on it. It's a work in progress. That's why we're going to marry it. Well, you're a better person than me because I'm killing goalie interference. I hate it. I hate it with every ounce of my being. My core screams. My soul dies every time it's called because I do not understand what it means. I do not understand what it is. And I feel like we must. I mean, there's enough issues in terms of how the game can be called from time to time. The only thing that might piss me off more is distinct kicking motion. But that's a call for another day. Oh, my God. So I'm killing goalie interference. I am also going to... Let's see. Hmm... I'm going to marry offsides because I think Sarah makes an important point. It's obvious. It's there. There's never a question. But I feel like for goals, there should be a time limit on it. I should feel like, yeah. like if you come offsides and then like 45 seconds of play happens, come on, that did not influence the play. Like, mm. let things go. Yeah, um, and then, therefore, I will have to fuck puck over the glass because I feel like this is, in this sense, this is like a bad one-night stand. Like, it's stupid. <laughs> and I feel like players don't necessarily want to do it, but they end up doing it. I feel like we're past the point of them doing it intentionally. And the ones I feel like I've seen lately, like it's so frustrating because it's 
it's not even an intentional effort. It's like something errant and it just really makes me mad. So there we go. All right, Sarah, Shana, round two starts tonight. Is there anything we've missed or anything else we want to make sure we're on the lookout for? We want to bring to fans' attention. Enjoy the ride, fellas. It'll end quicker than we all think. That's what I'm telling myself. Like sometimes it can be a grind, but guess what? Embrace the grind. Embrace the suck. We got this. Yeah, everyone will be complaining when it's over. Yeah. Um, just one thing that I think we talked about a lot in round one was the scoring. You know, you open up the series and they were very one-sided and then things did tighten up. I'm very, very, very curious if things mm-hmm. follow that route, if we see as many power plays played, if we see more goalies returning to their crease and getting healthy, things like that. So I'm really curious if it follows a similar pattern or if things just overall tighten up in round two. Like, you know, I feel like gone are the days of those slower defensive games that everyone, you know, talks about for the playoffs. Like, I think the speed, skill, and scoring is good. So I'm really curious how this yeah, goes. For sure. Outstanding. Well, friends, we are so happy to be here with you. We are so happy to keep bringing you great hockey content as part of the Lebetard and Friends Network. Very, very exciting times for hockey. Very, very exciting times for us. Thank you again for being on this ride with us. As always, you can find us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. You can find our website at the too many men podcast.com. There's also merch there, friends. And Shana has just done a bring big spring line update focused on units to hold your favorite beverage of choice as you enjoy this round two hockey. In the meantime, we will talk to you soon. Be back with you hopefully Thursday to talk about what's going on in these first couple games of the final four series of round two here. In the meantime, we'll talk to you. Be good to each other. Love you to the lunar eclipse and back. Bye.